Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Under the Stained Glass, the podcast where we take a look at what we talked about in church last Sunday and approach it again from a family angle. I'm Pastor Chris here at Magnolia Park United Methodist Church in Burbank, and I'm here with our youth, children, and families director, Ms. Whitney. Hi, everyone. And this week we were in our second episode of the series Free Christmas Now, where we were actually talking about how sometimes we're asked to be free from the conventional in order to actually embrace the freedom to become and to be and do the things that God wants us to be and do. And we were looking at the story of Joseph, who really is a great example of that in the story of that very, very first Christmas. Yeah, Joseph, he's such an interesting character. I love him, his guidance of Jesus and his being the head of that family Mm -hmm. as Jesus grows is such an interesting story. But I was, as we were talking today, getting ready for this, I was really surprised by the fact that you brought up that Joseph is a man of very few words in the Bible. Uh Uh-huh, like like none. Like none. (laughs) (laughs) And that was really surprising to me because he's such a well-known character to us that are in the faith and that really know the Christmas story and know the story of Jesus. And to know that this man who has guided Jesus through his life. He is known as the son of Joseph, the carpenter in the Bible. He has nothing really to say. He he does it very quietly. And I thought that was really interesting that a character that can be so integral to our story, our history as Christians can be doing so in such a quiet and humble way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it is really remarkable. There's not one single word of his recorded in the entire Bible, but he does so much. Yeah. And he really sets an example for, I think, a kind of a modern example mm-hmm. of what a man should aspire to be and what a father should aspire to be. Right. You know, because after all, when, as we talked about uh, two weeks ago, Mary receives this call from God. Right. And uh, has this opportunity to receive this gift of motherhood and become the mother of Jesus, right. uh, the Son of God. And she makes this choice on her own. She makes the choice to say, I am the Lord's servant. Right. Uh, may your words be fulfilled in me. And you think about it, she doesn't go and ask Joseph's opinion no. or what <laughs> he thinks, you know, and, right. and, and they're, mar- they're engaged. But she does that. And he has, I think, an unconventional kind of reaction to that. Right, because by all standards, he could have left. He could have said, good luck, Mary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, maybe I think you're a little bit crazy, maybe not. But right. but good luck. Uh, I wish you well. And, and he could have done this. He actually thought about maybe doing this quietly and separating away from her. Nobody would have faulted him for that. Everybody would have said, okay, well, that was a pretty nice way to let her go yeah. instead of a public display or or something of the sort. And instead, he chooses the most empathetic way in which to handle the situation. Mm -hmm. He, He decides to stay, which I think is amazing. He decides to do this, and he decides not to publicly shame her. He takes on that role of father for Jesus. So not only is he saying, I'll stick by Mary and she's going to have this child and, you know, that's her child, but no, he adopts him in as his own son. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an incredible answer. That's the best decision, but either decision he would have made would have been okay. And so the fact that he went with 
the absolute best. It just mm -hmm. really shows his character. Yeah. And again, just to take a step even back from that, I mean, at first, you know, she makes this choice. She obviously told him, hey, listen, I've got some news for you. Right. I'm pregnant and it's the Holy Spirit that's done this. Right. And from scripture, I mean, we learned that he doesn't believe that right away. Right. He says, you know, scripture tells us something about Joseph, that he was faithful to the law. Right. And the law would really require that he divorce a woman who has been unfaithful right. during their engagement and that he had the right to have her sent up on charges and maybe stoned, you know, right. for that crime. But what he does, as you say, is he He's faithful to the law. He says, okay, look, we have to have a divorce. Right. But he's not going to hold her up to public shame right. and have all of the worst consequences. So he kind of has this split. He, he adheres to justice, right. but with mercy. Right. And I think that's what you're getting at is yeah. he does that. And that's an unconventional reaction. Right. That's not the standard. It wouldn't be the standard in their society. It's generally probably not the initial reaction of anybody mm -hmm. who gets this sort of news. They're like, you know, you're pregnant and it's because of the Holy Spirit. Who's the Holy Spirit? You know, right. it's, it doesn't make any sense. And, and he has to kind of set aside his assumption of her mm -hmm. in that moment, what his initial reaction to her. He has to set up aside his assumption of what their relationship was going to be mm -hmm. and then make this decision not based on maybe how he felt at that moment, because he might have felt very betrayed, very hurt in some way, which is reasonable. But he had to set that aside and make a decision that not only would be a right decision, but that would benefit Mary more than she would have been benefited if he would have gone strictly by the law. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing is, I mean, in that very next verse, in verse 20 of chapter 1, in Matthew, it shows that when he makes that unconventional church choice, that, that choice of justice with mercy, that's when God steps in with an angelic visit and yeah. affirms him in that choice and says, guess what? Don't worry. You've made the right choice. Right. You can take her home as your wife yeah. because it's true. The Holy Spirit has conceived that child. Right. And that's when it really gets good about Joseph, because then he decides to shift his whole life, as you just said, right. change all of his plans and their plans, right. set aside his pride and his prerogatives, really, as right. a husband to be the one who calls all the shots in this culture. Right. He sets all that aside in order to support her choice mm -hmm. to do what God has asked her to do. So he honors Mary which is really crazy for a, a man in those days. Yeah. And he honors God. Yeah. Which is wonderful. I was just thinking as you were speaking that he, he goes as far as not only to kind of set aside those expectations, but mm -hmm. he doesn't even choose the name uh -huh. for Jesus. Right. So he honors God <laughs> to the point of putting aside, you know, even that, you know, he's having a child, he's having a son, that he's going to raise us his own. He doesn't even name him. Mm -hmm. And that, that's something that's so intimate for a parent to right. have this opportunity to, to name their child, to, to kind of bestow this, the identity of this person onto them, to the expectation that, you know, maybe the, from the meaning of the name, whatever that might be, that you want to honor your children with. It's a very intimate and personal thing to do. And he... He honors God by giving up that Absolutely. opportunity. 
he gives up his prerogatives as husband and as father to not only he doesn't consummate the marriage either right. until after the birth and yeah he relinquishes that right to right. name that child yeah so it's just remarkable yeah. and then of course we get to the whole birth story where he is called he's he's commanded basically right. to go to Bethlehem from Nazareth right and instead of doing the conventional thing which i think would be you tell Mary to sit tight, let all your relatives and stuff deal with you and the birth, and I'll see you when I get back. Right. Instead, Mary goes with him, which as we were talking about before we came on, I think sort of indicates that there's still sort of this cloud of rumor sure. and scandal over that marriage. I'm just not yeah. sure how much support they're actually getting in Nazareth sure. from their, their people. But they go on this long journey, and it's during that journey that Joseph yeah. is the one who's caring for Mary on that trip. Right. It's Joseph who finds them shelter right. and clears a little area and makes it as warm and clean as possible. Mm -hmm. It's Joseph, not you know Mary's mother or mother-in-law or sisters or all the people that should have been there to support her. Right. It's none of them. It's Joseph, Joseph. supports her through the birth in her recovery. Yeah. And in those first few days of being a mother, yeah, that's all Joseph. And it's all without a single word recorded in the Bible of anything right. he said or thought. Right. So it's just, again, that quiet, quiet power and support. Right. No, and I thought about that, too, about the fact that Joseph knowingly takes her with him, like you said. And this might not have been a very easy journey for a woman that's pregnant. No, not but at all. yet... He decided that this was the best option was to have her with him where she doesn't have that the support of her family or others, where it, he knows it's just going to be him if something happens. Mm -hmm. It is just solely going to be him, and he needs to be ready for that, knowing that he has no other children, so he might not know what to do in this moment, right. but that that he found it so important to have her there to protect her to to be there in that moment maybe maybe he thought it was so important that he was there at the birth that that's why he brought her we don't know but that he took that upon himself no complaining about how difficult that might be. We don't hear about, you know, he's not exasperated in the moment where he, they're told there's no room for them. He just quietly carries uh -huh. on. Yeah. And that's incredible. It's it's the humility of it that he can set aside who he is, all the expectations that he has, and especially that society as a male. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not going to be part in, in, in a normal, like, kind of setup. In that society, he's not part of the whole birth situation. He's not he, that that's taken care of outside of him. But yet he places himself in that because he now sees that his role has changed, and that's mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah, and he's going to sublimate all of his, you know, whatever pride, whatever prerogatives that he has, right. set them aside. And again, for the sake of the choice that Mary made right. to live into this amazing plan that God has for them. And he, again, does it uh, very quietly. And as we were saying before the podcast, I mean, that's it's so true of our own lives, that in God's salvation plan, we all have a purpose yeah. in it. But most of us, like Joseph, are not going to receive a lot of accolades right. or fanfare or sure. any notice, really, of what we do. But it's still super important. And it's the same thing with Joseph. And you really get a sense of that 
in this story, I think. It's quite quite amazing. Right. It's it's a great reminder for us to remember that just because a lot of people might not see what we do or, or in a hundred years from now our name isn't going to be up in shining lights. That doesn't mean that what God has for us isn't incredibly important to his plan for everyone. Mm -hmm. So if it's little things, it's okay to be humble and to be faithful in those little things that feel very insignificant because they might be huge. Yeah, they're not, and, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, so... After all of that happens, then you you get the the picture that they stay in Bethlehem. They don't go back to Nazareth, which again, at least for a while, right. which again is kind of strange. But while they're in Bethlehem, and this could be up to two years later, right. Herod gets the idea that they're there right. and sends his goons to come and kill all the babies. Right. And again, Joseph receives the warning from a dream an angel in a dream, sure. and again does this incredible thing. He just takes everybody immediately, yeah. uh, gets on a horse or on a camel or whatever they did, right. and goes to a foreign country right. where he's going to now you know, have to basically figure out how they're going to survive. Right. You know, so, of course, by that, the wise men have come. So they yeah. did bring some gifts that can make it a little bit easier. Right. But still, again, you have this picture of this man who is without complaining, without a word, is just going to have that solid, quiet support. And yeah, if they have to go to another country, they'll go to another country. Right. This is a man who will do anything for the sake of his family. Right. And another good lesson for men and fathers today. Yeah, absolutely. What God might ask us might not be what we expected. It might not it might not look like the life that we would have chosen for ourselves, but it's important and when we respond faithfully in our response, there ends up being a blessing for us mm -hmm. in that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well Pope John Paul II said this about Joseph. He said that Joseph broke the old vice of paternal familial domination and suggests a model of a loving father. So again, he kind of is, the conventional choice would be to power through this and make everybody, bully everybody into doing what uh, he wanted them to do. Right. But he sets that new kind of standard of someone who's going to stand up for righteousness, absolutely, but is going to apply justice with mercy and is also going to do whatever it takes for the sake of his family to honor his family, to honor God, and do so quietly, without yeah. a word, if necessary. That's right. But he will do it. Mm -hmm. Well, we hope that you all have a wonderful Christmas, and that as we move towards that day, that you all take time also just to think about how God is reaching out to you in a special way right now, that we can really, even as we move into Christmas, we can ask God to maybe free us from the conventional or maybe some of the expectations that we have about Christmas, or maybe some of the old wounds that we carry around this season, and free us to find uh, what He has for us right now, something new and something wonderful to come out of this Christmas season. Mm -hmm. uh, did you want to say anything to anybody? Just have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you in the new year. All right. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.